first thing we see as a purpose of God is that he wanted to show that he is still working among men. Because someone here or someone watching at some point in time, you've wondered, where is God? Someone may be struggling with faith to say, I don't know because I hear all these things about how great God is, but I don't see him doing anything. When I look at the news, I see all that's going on. Where is God? God has always been there and it's the same yesterday and today. Pastor Martin explains in a new sermon series how God has divinely appointed times where he shows up and shows out. Follow along in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, as Pastor Martin explains. Our sermon title for today is entitled, Divinely Appointed. Because when we look at this text, we see here that as the disciples and Jesus are walking by, they see a man who's blind and they ask a question. They say, Jesus, who sinned? Did this man sin or his parents sin that he was born blind? So first of all, the question was the wrong question. Because if he was born blind, he couldn't have not sinned to cause himself to be born blind. He was blind from birth. But they were intrigued to understand. They, but it was a moment where I would call it a divine appointment. Because here's what happens. As Jesus is walking by and they ask a question, he responds, he says that this, this, this whole purpose, the whole purpose for this man being born blind was that he'd be sitting right here, right now, that y'all might ask me this question and that I might heal him. A divine appointment. And notice how it says he was born blind. We don't know how old he was, but what we do understand that from the moment that he was born, God had a purpose that he was going to fulfill in him and that one day he would be recorded as one of those who had been born blind and Jesus gave him sight. Yeah. A divine appointment. Because there are moments in our life that we can only describe as being divine. These are moments in which the eternal intersects with the temporal. The immortal interacts with the mortal. Or the supernatural supersedes the natural. Because later we'll find that the audience there Recognize, they said, we have known that there's never been the case where someone who was born blind has seen. There was no natural means by which they could describe, describe or explain what happened except for it was not natural, it was supernatural. Times in which God the aptitude of man that God does something and our aptitude is limited in our ability to fully understand the scope of the meaning of what's happening. Moments where God is building faith, he's reassuring someone's hope, he's establishing something that we know not of. And yet we see, and as the song says, we stand in awe and say, what a mighty God we serve. 
moments that seemly div seem divinely appointed, as we see here, a moment that seemed divinely appointed that a purpose of God might be revealed, that God might reveal himself, that God has orchestrated a means by which he can reveal himself, reveal his purposes, reveal his power, reveal his love, and to demonstrate his ability. Has anybody here had a situation or a circumstance, you said, I don't know how this is going to work out. Anyone had a pain in your body, you didn't know what it was going to be, and when you went to the doctor, you, you put it off for months because you didn't want to know what the diagnosis was, but when you finally went, you were nervous about what it was, and when they told you, you said, my Lord, they're only giving me a few percentage points of success, and yet God stepped in and did something that can only be described as divine. So this week through this sermon, we're going to work to establish this sense of divine appointments that God sets up that he might reveal himself. Now, first, in order to establish the context for the message, we, have, we understand, and I know you understand, you know the, the, the definition, but I want to give you the working definition we're going to use for an appointment. An appointment is, a time set by two parties to meet. A meeting set for a specific time and place. Now, a divine appointment is an encounter that God sets up in order that he might reveal or show or demonstrate a purpose that he has, demonstrate his power, or even to exalt his name, because when you think about Jesus standing on the deck of the ship and he declares, peace be still, a divine appointment. God set it up that the men there might say, what kind of man is this? The same man that God would speak from heaven and say, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. God sets up a time, a God moment. So when we look back at verse number three, we see here the disciples say, what happened to this man? A divinely set up moment that God might heal and to do something that had never been done, that the witness of what happened was that surely this must be God because we've never seen this before. So Today, instead of making three points, I'm going to make four observations from the text that we have. And so the first observation that we want to make today is that God works to reveal his purposes. When he sets up something, because notice he says, they said, why was he like this? Why is this man like this? And Jesus says he's like this because God wanted to reveal his power through healing him. So this man's blindness now has purpose. Wait a minute. How is it that I'm born blind, God? He says, because one day I was going to heal you. And it would be declared to all men that nobody else could have done this except me. So God works to reveal through a divine appointment. He reveals his purposes. So one of the purposes we see in this text 
the first thing that we see as a purpose of God is that he wanted to show that he is still working among men. Because someone here or someone watching at some point in time, you've wondered, where is God? Someone may be struggling with faith to say, I don't know because I hear all these things about how great God is, but I don't see him doing anything. When I look at the news, I see all that's going on. Where is God? Where was God when the gun, gunman walks into the school? Where is God? So because there's so many things going on in the world, God wants to make sure it's known that he is still actively engaged in the lives of men. So notice what he says and what Jesus says in, in, in verse three says that the works of God should be revealed. Why was he born blind, Jesus? So that God can reveal that he's still working among men. He's still alive and well. The next purpose we see is that God, he wants to reveal or show that he must, the work that is being done on his behalf needs to be done before time runs out. If you look down at verse number four, after Jesus makes that declaration, he moves right into the work. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Because night is coming, no man can work. See, what God wants us to live with is an urgency to do the thing that he's purposed for us to do. God wants us to move from our place of being, uh, of being spectators to being engagers because he is working to engage us, but he also is looking for us to engage him back. So he says, I must do the work that the Father has given me because night is coming and no man can work when night comes and night is when all work cease. That means when you close your eyes for the last time, what is it that God would say of you? What moments in life is God saying, is, is the Holy Spirit saying, the master has need of you? Because Jesus says that each one of us has a limitation of what we'll be able to do based upon the time we have in the earth to do it. So God wants to show that the work, his work in the earth that he implores us to do must be done in a timely manner because night is coming. A third purpose we see here is that God desires to illuminate the world in such a way that the world glorifies him. We know that the world pursues its own will, and its own purpose. And even Revelation tells us, tells us that the whole world in chapter 12, that the whole world is under the deception of Satan. Thus, God wants to illuminate the world that the world may understand what it means to glorify him. Because in verse number five, here's what Jesus says. He says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, as long as I'm here, I'm bringing light to the world. But then he switches gears on us in the Sermon on the Mount because he says, you are the light of the world. Wait a minute, Jesus. Now, he says, I'm, I'm, I want you to understand, while I'm here, I'm that light. 
but I'm going back to the Father, and when I go back to the Father, you are going to, you're supposed to illuminate that light. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, he says, For you are the light of the world. A city that sits on a hill cannot be hid. God said, I didn't light you up to put you under a bushel. He says, he goes on to verse 15, he says, Now do they light a lamp and put it, put it under a basket? He says, Did I bring you out of darkness into light that I might hide you? He says, Or do uh, they, they put it on the lampstand that it might bring light to all in the house. Verse 16, he says, let your light so shine before men, here it is, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, that's the work of God. God is working in men to draw them unto himself put his Holy Spirit in us, allow his Holy Spirit to fill our lives, and then we be guided by the Holy Spirit, and then through the Holy Spirit's work in us, we demonstrate light. And as light goes forth, people see the light, and then they glorify our Father in heaven. Observation number two. God will set up a divine appointment to demonstrate his power, to show how he is almighty. We sang he's mighty, he's mighty, and that makes him awesome. Well, when God sets it up to show his power, we see that power, men see that power and say, wow, who is this God? And how do I get to know him? Slide, if you would, down to verse 6 and 7. Here in John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, here's what it says. When they said to these, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And he went and washed Watch this now, and came back seeing. Now, you know how we are. You, down, you stand there blind, you need to be healed. You heard Jesus spit, like, did, did, he, did he just spit? Is, is this the, is, did he make this on my eyes from, from that spit? The man didn't concern himself with that because if God is working, it's simply for us to cooperate with what God is doing to allow his work to be done that it might be revealed through us. Because sometimes God might use something a little unorthodox. He may say, hey, go do this. He say, well, but that ain't quite me. I've never done anything like that. That's just not who I am. Interesting enough, we'll tell the one who made us who we are. Hear this. We'll tell the one who made us who we are. Like, we got to introduce ourselves to him. Well, God, you know, I, I'm not really good at doing, I'm not really good at that. Moses is saying, God, you telling me to go back in here? You want me to go back 
in Egypt. It didn't go well the first time. I was just trying to help one Israelite. And now you're telling me to go back and get them all? And he says, yeah. That's what I want you to go do. Because ultimately, when God wants to set up a divine appointment, we have to cooperate. Notice Jesus tells the man, go, wash. And the Bible says he went and washed. Now think about this. Why would Jesus, to bring sight to a man, tell a blind man to go find something he can't see? Go specifically. Not go, he didn't say go find some water. He says go specifically to this particular source of water. And he has to go find that, but he can't see. But he goes to find what he can't see in order that he might see. God says go to do something that may seem awkward or odd, but I'm telling you to go because I've got a great purpose I want to reveal. Slide down to verse 32 in this same ninth chapter. Here's how the people around, when they recognize this, isn't this the guy that couldn't see? Who we know he was born, we know his parents, we know, that his, we know his life story. They said this in verse 32. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone would open the eyes of one who was born blind. God set up an opportunity for it to be said about this man who was born blind that he was the first and only example to this point of someone being born blind and their eyes been opened. It goes on to say, if this man were not from God, he couldn't do this. The, 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 the religious leaders are trying to play Jesus down, but the people are saying, wait a minute. We know there's no other case like this. And if he's not from God, he couldn't have done this. Because it said God, did, he, he's not interested in, in, in helping the demons. They were demonizing Jesus. They said, no, 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 no. This man's from God. Here's a note to stop and make right here because it's important for, for us not to miss this. Faith with corresponding action works to reveal God's power. You can have all the faith you want, but until you, there it is, Pastor Ed, until you activate it, until you put that action with that faith, say, God, I believe, because the man, he says, go and wash. It seems trivial to spit on the ground and make a little clay and put it on his eyes. But notice, people of God, Jesus did not have to do that. He opened other blinded eyes and did not do that. But in this case, the man's faith was being drawn out. Drawn out to action. Because faith has corresponding action. So it says, Go, go wash. And it says, so he went and washed. And then it says, and he came back seeing. Because faith is not what we see. 
It's what we believe. There's a quick story. There's a, there was a man whose name was Anthony. And Anthony was struggling with some balance issues. And he, as he was walking, he had a medical condition that was affecting his ability, his equilibrium, his ability to, to walk and stabilize himself. So his doctor prescribed him to go see a physical therapist. The physical therapist was telling him things of what he wanted him to do. However, eventually, because Anthony was not listening to what the therapist was saying, the therapist said this. He says, Anthony, you keep trusting too much in what you can see, even when it's wrong. The even, even though the thing you think and that you're seeing about how, how things should go, even though that's wrong, and I'm telling you, trust this, but because you don't see, you won't trust. Because Paul says, we walk by faith and not by the man walked to the pool of Siloam by faith, not by sight. He couldn't see how this thing was going to work out. But the man told me to go and wash in this pool. and I'm going to go do it. And as he began to wash, he came back seeing. We have to be careful to not trust so much in what we are seeing. Because faith is not faith if you see it. You got money in your pocket. You get hungry when you leave here today and you stop by somewhere to eat. You're not going to walk in there. You're not going to march in. You know, do you guys remember the old, uh, old school march in? Any Baptist folks in here? <laughs> Never knew what the hand was for. So you're not going to go and stop at the restaurant and march in all spiritual. <laughs> Ma'am, can I help you? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. You're not going to do that. Why? Because you have money in your pocket. Faith is when I don't see how it can work out, but I go anyway. And while I'm going, I'm believing that if God told me to go, there must be something he's going to do that I know not of. But I don't need to know. I just need to trust what he will do, what he can do, and watch this, and what he's already done. So that leads me to my third observation. God will set up a divine appointment to exalt his name. To exalt his name. Because if we go back up to verse number eight, I know we're down in verse 32. Let's go up to verse eight. John nine, verse eight. It says, therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Verse nine, some said, this is, this, this is him. This is he. Others said, it looked like him, but we know he blind. And he said, that's me. 
I am him. I'm the one you're talking about, the one that used to be blind. I see now. Verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? Here's why we came back to this, because in verse 11, here's what he said. He said, a man named Jesus. He said, I don't know where he came from, but what I do know, a man named Jesus made some clay, anointed my eyes and said to me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and now I received my sight. Do you see how the man had an opportunity because of what God did to raise the name of Jesus? They were trying to tear his name down. They said, oh, this man is from the devil. This man is doing things in the name of Beelzebub. But he said, wait a minute. This man couldn't be from the devil because he's doing only things that God could do. And his name is Jesus. So God sets up an opportunity to exalt his name. Our fourth and final observation for the day is that God will set up a divine appointment to reveal his love. To reveal his love. Slide down to verse 35. Hear the words here that John records. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. See, the man goes in, they call his parents in. They say, is this your son? They say, yes. And they're setting him up because they're, they're Jews, they're faithful, they, they faithfully go to the, to the place of worship. They're setting him up to cast him out. So the man goes after he makes this declaration that this man Jesus did what no other man could do. They put him out. So now Jesus had, this man had one divine appointment to get his sight. He had another divine appointment to see God's love. Because here it is, Jesus says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? Here's what the man said. He said, sir, uh, who is he, Lord, that I may believe? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you right now. Verse 38 says, then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. See, God revealed his love to mankind through Jesus. When the man said before that a man named Jesus Jesus was just a man. After he received his sight, God now reveals to him the man, Jesus, is not just a man. He is the son of the almighty God and he is the redeemer of the world and he is the one through which I revealed my love to you. In order to cap this off, we need 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. Because when we think about Jesus being there, 
Jesus having declared for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, the man had one divine appointment for him to receive his sight. Had another divine appointment to, for God to reveal his love. And the third divine appointment is that he might be saved. Because the Bible records that the man said, I believe and he worshiped. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. Not that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. I'm sorry, not, 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 but not, 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 but that. That. Not that, but that. God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, in this is love. God was revealing his love to him. And after God revealed his love to him, he accepted that love and was saved. The reality that we face in living in this life is that there's plenty of opportunities to set up appointments. But God sets up divine appointments that he might reveal his love to save someone each and every day. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.